Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen Wa salatu wa salam ala ashrafil anbiya wal mursaleen Wa ala alihi wa ashabihi ajma'in Amma ba'd Tonight We want to cover One of the important Du'as taught to us by the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And this narration is on the authority of Abu Bakr radiallahu an, As-Siddiq. And the narration is agreed upon by Al-Imam Al-Bukhari Rahimahullah and Imam Muslim An Abi Bakr radiyallahu an Annahu qala li Rasulillahi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Allimni dua'an ad'u bihi fi salati فقال صلى الله عليه وسلم قل اللهم إني ظلمت نفسي ظلما كثيرا ولا يغفر الذنوب إلا أنت فاغفر لي مغفرة من عندك وارحمني إنك أنت الغفور الرحيم Abu Bakr radiallahu an he said to the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam teach me a dua that I can supplicate with in my prayer so the messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam he said in response to the request of Abu Bakr radiallahu an say Allahumma inni zalamtu nafsi dhulman kithira O Allah, indeed I have wronged myself with an abundance of oppression Walla yakfiru dhunuba illa anta And no one forgives the sins except for you Faghfir li maghfiratan min indik Therefore forgive me with a forgiveness from you And have mercy upon me for indeed you are the all-forgiven and the bestower of mercy As was mentioned this hadith is agreed upon by Al-Imam Al-Bukhari and Imam Muslim in their collection of authentic narrations. And this is, Barakallahu Fikum, the, the strongest of narrations. When you find a narration being agreed upon by Al-Imam Al-Bukhari and Imam Muslim, this is from the strongest of 
denarius. Here we have Abu Bakr radiallahu an coming to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam asking the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam to teach him a dua that he can say in his prayer. The first matter we learn or benefit from this, the importance of learning the du'as from the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. The du'as of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, meaning that which he taught us, to say, these are the best of the du'as. And whenever one wants to supplicate to Allah, it is befitting that a person turns to the sunnah and supplicate with that which the Prophet ﷺ taught us to supplicate with. It doesn't mean that it is not allowed to supplicate with other supplications in the prayer. But the best supplications that one can supplicate with in the prayer are those supplications that the Prophet ﷺ taught. Another point of benefit, the virtues of Abu Bakr radiallahu As he went to the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam seeking knowledge from the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And who was this? This is Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiallahu an, The most beloved of the men to the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. As the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam was once asked, Who's the most beloved of the people to you? The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he said, Aisha. And it was said to him, and from the men, he said, her father. It used to be said in the time of the Prophet ﷺ that the best of the people after the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam was Abu Bakr, then Umar, and then Uthman. And the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he would hear this, and he would remain silent, meaning he would be in agreement with this statement 
But the best of the Muslims after him is Abu Bakr, and then Umar, and then Uthman. So the status of Abu Bakr in Islam is a great one, a tremendous one. He's the best of the Muslims after the Prophet And it is not permissible for one to speak ill of Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu. And whoever speaks ill of Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu, then we question this individual's Islam. We question this individual's integrity. For speaking bad about Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu is to speak bad about the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa Because the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa himself mentioned that if I was to take a khalil, it would be Abu Bakr. If I was to take a khalil, it would be Abu Bakr. But you have in the methodology of the Rafidah, the extremists from amongst the Shia, you find in some of the sects of Shi'ism, or many of them, their target of verbal abuse at the head is Abu Bakr and Umar. They have evil things to say about Abu Bakr and about Umar radiallahu anhu. Rather, you find from amongst them those who have declared Abu Bakr and Umar to be disbelievers. Although the Prophet sallallahu said, Abu Bakr fil Jannah wa Umar fil Jannah. The Abu Bakr is in paradise and Umar is in paradise. So Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu comes to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam and he says, teach me a dua that I can supplicate with in my prayer. So this is a question coming from a beloved to one who is beloved. So, so being that the Prophet ﷺ, he held Abu Bakr an in high esteem, and he's the most beloved of the Muslims to him, he's going to give the best of answers. Due to the closeness, and not to say, that if anyone else came and asked the Prophet wasallam that he would not have given him a good response. Every time we find in the narrations where the Sahaba will come to the Prophet wasallam and ask him about things concerning the, the deen or ask for guidance and direction, he always gave the best of answers. But in this situation here, this is the closest of the people to him. The most beloved of the, the Sahaba to him. So the, the matter is of more seriousness, as the ulama have mentioned. His statement 
A supplication that I can supplicate with, or a dua that I can supplicate with in my prayer. In the prayer meaning, while he is in sujood. Or, while, or, once he finishes the tashahud. For these are the two places in the prayer where the dua should be made and more likely answered during these situations. When a person is in sujood and when a person is in jalsa after making the tashahud. These are the times to make the dua in the salat. So the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he said, Qul, say, Allahumma inni zalamtu nafsi dhulman kithira. Oh Allah, indeed I have wronged myself or I have oppressed myself with an abundance of oppression. This is the first sentence. As this dua entails four sentences. This is the first sentence. And the brothers and the sisters, they should learn this dua. Especially being that the Prophet Sallallahu taught this dua to the most beloved of the people to him. Allahumma inni zalamtu nafsi dhulman kithira. Oh Allah, indeed, I have wronged myself or oppressed myself with an abundance of oppression. Here, barakallahu feekum. The Prophet is teaching the importance of the servant acknowledging his wrong. The importance of the servant acknowledging his wrong. For acknowledgement of one's wrongdoing, this is a part of Tawbah. As we find that has come in the dua Sayyidul Istighfar, the master of the duas when it comes to seeking forgiveness, the Prophet taught us to say, Wa bidambi. And O oh Allah, I acknowledge to you my sin. Wa bidambi. So one of the conditions of Tawbah is acknowledgement of one's sins. As Tawbah has shurut, conditions of Tawbah. And the scholars, they mention three, some mention four, some have mentioned eight. The first condition of Tawbah is Iman. The person has to be a believer. The second condition of Tawbah is Ikhlas. 
sincerity. The person has to be sincere when making tawbah. The third condition of tawbah, a tawbah qabal hulul al-waqt. That a person must make tawbah before the time of tawbah has elapsed. And this is two categories. One at the time of death. A person has to make tawbah before he or she dies. If the person waits to the last moment, to when the angel of death comes to take the soul, the tawbah is not accepted at that time. The tawbah is not accepted. As the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mentioned, إِنَّ اللَّهَ يَقْبَلُ تَوْبَةَ الْعَبْدِ مَا لَمْ يُغَرْ that indeed Allah, He accepts the tawbah of the slave as long as he has not started the gargle of death. Meaning as long as the angel has not begun to extract the soul or the time of death has come. The second matter connected to the time, one must make tawbah before the sun rises from the west. But if a person is alive and at the time he is alive or she is alive, the sun rises from the west. The door of Toba is closed. The door of Toba is closed at that time. Next you have Al-Nadim, as the Prophet Sallallahu mentioned, Al-Nadim al-Tawbah, regret, that regret is repentance. Then you have Al-I'tiraf, and this is the point here, acknowledgement of one's wrongdoing. This hadith is a proof of acknowledging one's sins, as well as the hadith of Sayyid al-Istighfar, because sometimes a person may regret what they did or said, but the person doesn't acknowledge that it's wrong. A person may feel sorry for what they did. A person may come to you and say to you, I'm sorry for what I said to you, but I wasn't wrong. No, he has regret. Regret for what was said, regret for the outcome of what was said. But the person believes that he or she was correct in what they said. But the regret is for how the situation took place and the likes. It's regret. Regret for what the person did or what the person said. But the person doesn't acknowledge that he or she was wrong. And then sometimes you have a person who acknowledges his wrong or her wrong. But they don't regret it. Yeah, I was wrong. I said it, but I'll, I'll, I'll do it again. I don't regret what I did. So you have both mentioned in the text. Regret as well as acknowledgement. 
Not just regret without acknowledgement and not just acknowledgement without regret. Both. The next condition, al-iqla'anidham. The person stops the sin. This is a part of tawbah. The person leaves off the sin. The next condition, al-azm ala adimir rujur. Having the firm resolve not to continue or to commit the sin again. It's a part of tawbah. So you have iman, faith, ikhlas, sincerity. Tawbah qabul hulul repenting before the time of repentance elapses. Al-nadim, regret. Al-i'tiraf, acknowledgement. Al-iqla'anidham, leaving the sin off. Al-azm al-adam al-ruju' ila dham, having the firm resolve not to commit the sin again. That's seven. And the eighth one that's added is when you violate someone's rights. Al-tahallul. When you violate someone, those seven, that's connected to you and your private sins or sins that do not go beyond you. But then you have the sin that goes beyond you. Right, you violate someone's rights. You back, you backbit somebody, you slandered somebody, you curse somebody, you stole somebody's wealth or other than that. You have to rectify that. That's a part of the topa. Or you taught some matter of innovation and you spread falsehood amongst the people. You have to go back and fix that. It's not enough to say, oh Allah, forgive me, and then you don't give the person back their rights, or you don't apologize to the person, you don't give the person back their money, and they're like, oh Allah, forgive me. No, the person's right is still upon you. As Allah mentions regarding those who conceal knowledge, إِلَّا الَّذِينَ تَابُوا وَأَصْلَحُوا وَبَيَّنُوا Except for those who repent, they rectify and they clarify. Not just make tawbah. Because you conceal the knowledge from the people. And as a result of you, people fell into wrong or they are ignorant of something that they had to know and they question you about it and you did not tell them the right thing. You have to make tawbah you have to rectify and you have to clarify. It's not enough to go in your house, get up at night, make tahajjud, crying, Allah, forgive me. Yes, you do that. But also you got to go back and rectify what you corrupted and clarify the errors. And that's also applicable in other cases, like when people backbite people or slander people it's not enough for you to go in your house and cry at night and say Allah forgive me you have to go back to those people and inform the people that I lied on so and so or what I said about so and so was inappropriate and if the person knows what you did you have to go to them and apologize to them and rectify the affair if the person doesn't know the scholars say, go to the person and rectify. If it's not, if you do not believe, it will lead to a greater harm. But if you do believe that it will lead to a greater harm, then it's upon you to give sadaqah in the person's name. So here the point, or the shahid of the hadith, 
The first thing the Prophet ﷺ taught who? Abu Bakr to say. And mind you, Abu Bakr is the best of the Muslims. This is not his condition. Abu Bakr didn't oppress himself. Well, Abu Bakr wasn't a sinner and a criminal. But still, the Prophet ﷺ taught him this dua. So if Abu Bakr was taught this dua to say, and he is the best of the Muslims after the Prophet ﷺ, then how much more so for us? And we are not from the best of the people. So the acknowledgement of one's sins is a part of Tawbah. And the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam taught the Prophet, Afwan, the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam taught Abu Bakr to do this. And this, one second, this matter here is not something that is restricted to Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu. You find this also mentioned in the Quran, this type of dua. And again, the point is to be reiterated that the best duas are the duas that come from the text. That's not only the ahadith, but also the ayat of the Quran. Allah Azza wa Jalla mentions about Adam and Hawa. Qala Rabbana Zalamna Anfusana. وَإِن لَمْ تَغْفِرْ لَنَا وَتَرْحَمْنَا لَنَكُونَنَّ مِنَ الْخَاسِرِينَ A dua made by our father Adam السلام, and our mother Hawa. Allah says, and they said, Our Lord, we have wronged ourselves. And if you do not forgive us and have mercy upon us, we certainly will be from amongst the losers. اعتراف, acknowledgement of one's wrong. Another dua Allah mentions that Musa alayhi salam, he said, Rabbi inni zhulamtu nafsi faghfir li faghfir lahu innahu huwa al-ghafur rahim That Musa, he said, My Lord, indeed I wronged myself. I oppressed myself. Therefore forgive me. So Allah says, so Allah forgave him. And indeed, he is the all-forgiving and most merciful. Also, the dua of Yunus alayhi salam, when he was in the well, and he said, La ilaha illa anta, subhanaka inni kuntu min al-zalimeen. None has the right to be worshipped except for you. And glory be to you and how far you are removed from any imperfection. Indeed, I was from amongst the wrongdoers. So the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam 
he taught this to Abu Bakr radiallahu And he began with the acknowledgement of wronging himself. Or one in the dua is to begin with the acknowledgement of wronging oneself. Al-dhulm in the language is wadu'u fi ghayri mawdi'ihi Putting something in other than its proper place. This is dhulm. Putting something in other than its proper place. And al-dhulm is of three categories. Al-dhulm fi haqqillah. Al-dhulm fi haqqin nafs. Wal-dhulm fi haqqi ghayri. You have oppression when it comes to the right of Allah. Oppression when it comes to the right of oneself. And oppression when it comes to the right of others. As for the oppression when it comes to the right of Allah, then this is a shirk. As we find in Surah Luqman, where Allah mentions that Luqman, he said to his son, Ya Bunaya, la tushrik billah, inna shirka la dhulmun azim. Oh my son, do not associate partners with Allah. Indeed, the associating of partners with Allah is the greatest oppression. That dhulm, Allah will not forgive. If a person dies upon associating partners with Allah, Allah will not forgive the person. As Allah Azawajal mentions, إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يَغْفِرُوا أَنْ يُشْرَكَ بِي وَيَغْفِرُ مَا دُونَ ذَلِكَ لِمَنْ يَشَاءُ That indeed Allah, He will not forgive the partners are associated with Him. But He will forgive other than that for whomsoever He was. As for the oppression of oneself, then these are the sins that a person commits against himself. And the sin does not extend beyond himself. This type of sinning is under the will of Allah. If Allah wills, He will forgive it. If Allah wills, He will punish the person. If the person doesn't repent in the tawbah. And then as for the dhulm of others, then Allah will not leave this situation on the Day of Judgment. Meaning like? Seems like that's your sin connected to you. That's a sin that's connected to you. 
But now backbiting, slandering, stealing someone's money, abusing someone of the likes, that's a sin connected to somebody else. Like when you violate somebody else, that's the other category of oppression. You have oppressed someone else, you have wronged someone else. You have to make toba if you commit shirk. And if you do not make toba and you die upon the shirk, Allah is going to punish you. Without a doubt. Yes, as Allah mentioned. Allah, he states, O oh my slaves who have wronged themselves, do not despair from the mercy of Allah. Indeed, Allah forgives all sins. So a person can make tawbah from shirk as long as he is alive. And the conditions are fulfilled. And the time of Toba has not elapsed. As for the verse where Allah says he doesn't forgive shirk, that's for the one who dies upon shirk. So there's no contradiction between the two verses. Allah forgives all sins, including shirk. Yes, if a person repents before he dies. Allah doesn't forgive that people commit shirk with him. Yes, that's when the person dies upon shirk. So the last category of oppression, when a person oppresses others or wrongs others, Allah will not leave this affair. Meaning that the person will not be left alone. And on the day of judgment, that individual will be called to account and the person will have to rectify that which they have done of wrong to the others. And that goes back to the hadith of the Mukhlis. The Prophet sallallahu mentioned أَتَدْرُونَ مَنَ الْمُخْلِسِ قَالُوا الْمُخْلِسِ فِينَا مَنْ لَا دِرْهَمْ لَهُ وَلَا مَتَعَهُ The Sahaba, when they were asked by the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, do you know who the bankrupt person is? They said, the bankrupt person is the one who doesn't have any wealth or any provisions. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, Al-Mukhlis Hina Man ata yawm al-qiyamah Bi salatan Wa Sawman wa sadaqah He said that the Mukhlis amongst us Or the bankrupt person amongst us Is the one who comes on the day of judgment With prayers, fasting and charity However, he cursed this person. And he hit this person unjustly. And he stole the money of this person. 
وَقَذَفَ in He unjustly accused this person of something. وَسَفَكَ دَمَ in Shed the blood of this person unlawfully. وَسَبَّ in Verbally abused this person. فَيَأْتِي هَذَا وَيَأْخُذُ مِنْ حَسَنَاتِهِ this person will come and take from his good deeds. This person will come and take from his good deeds. And this person will also come and take from his good deeds. Prophet ﷺ said that if this person's good deeds run out before he gives the people back their rights, then their sins will be taken from them and placed upon him. And then he will be thrown into the hellfire. So that shows that the bull of others will not be left alone on the day of judgment. Because the person did not rectify the affair here. So it's not enough for a person who has wronged someone or spoken ill of someone or have stolen the money of someone other than that just to go on the side and then say Astaghfirullah without rectifying the matter with the person they wronged. Now, So the hadith, the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Abu Bakr to say Allahumma inni zulamtu nafsi dhulman kithira so here we have the acknowledgement from the servant of wrongdoing to himself and acknowledging one's wrongdoing is one of the ways to have one's du'as accepted In the Salat, because Abu Bakr said, Fi Salati, in my prayer. So it wasn't specific. He said, In my prayer. So this is why you find a scholar saying this could be in sujood or in the last tashahud. After you make tashahud and the dua Ibrahimiyyah, then you ask for whatever you want to ask for during that time. The next sentence, Barakallahu Fikum. Walla yakfiru dhunub illa anta. And no one forgives the sins except for you. Here, Barakallahu Fikum is an acknowledgement of. Allah Azza wa Jal being one who is forgiving. In acknowledgement of the fact that it is only Allah who can forgive someone's sins. It's only Allah who can forgive someone's sins.
Meaning that only Allah Azza wa Jal When a person commits a sin It is only Allah Azza wa Jal That can forgive the person of the sin And Excuse the individual of that sin On the day of judgment And protect the person From the harms That come with the sin This doesn't mean That when you do wrong to someone You don't seek their pardon It's two different things If you did wrong to someone You have to apologize to the person And ask the person to pardon you And to forgive you And when you ask someone to forgive you What you're asking is Their forgiveness for the violation You committed against them As for the the forgiving of the sin itself Then only Allah forgives the sins So here this is acknowledgement That Allah is the one who forgives the sins And this is a form of actual praise That no one forgives the sins except for you So this is the actual praise from Allah, from the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Teaching Abu Bakr radiallahu anta And no one forgives the sins Except for you And Alhamdulillah this is From the teachings of Islam as you find in the likes of Catholicism People go to the confession box And they sit in there With the priest And they'll say Father forgive me for I have sinned Allah is the one who forgives The priest Cannot forgive The sins of the sinner Rather the priest himself is in need of seeking forgiveness for the many crimes that we find these priests committing. And the greatest of them being Ashurk Billah. But no one forgives the sins except for Allah. As Allah Azawajal mentions in Surah Ali Imran, Allah. And who is the one that forgives the sins except for Allah? And no one forgives the sins except for Allah. And this word, maghfira, when mentioned by itself, it has the meaning of tawbah and maghfira, meaning for that which has taken place, Forgive me for that And cover the sin And do not allow it to harm me And protect me from falling into it again in the future And being held accountable for it on the day of judgment So if you 
wronged someone and he asks a person for forgiveness, he forgives you. Is there a chance that Allah will forgive you? It may be. Maybe. Allah knows best. But definitely a part of your tawbah is going to the person and apologizing when you have wronged the person and seeking the person's pardon. That's definitely a part of the tawbah. What I know of, and Allah knows best, is that we have in the authentic narrations the two raka'ah of tawbah and this is recommended that when you commit a sin it's recommended for you to make two raka'ahs of tawbah and then ask Allah to forgive you afterwards that's what I'm aware of as for pardoning people then yes, this is highly recommended that you pardon people but then at times there are some people who are not to be pardoned. As the scholars they mentioned, the affair of pardoning is for the one who there is a benefit in pardoning them. Because some people, if you pardon them and you let them get away, they'll commit the crime again. They'll they'll keep going. So some people, they have to receive their discipline. They have to receive their punishment in order for them to stop. As an example, a person, he's a thief, he steals. If we let him go, he'll steal again. No, we can't let him go then. He has to receive his discipline. But the matter of al-istighfar and al-tawbah seeking forgiveness from Allah and repenting to Allah when these two words are mentioned together they have Different meanings. Istighfar will be for that which has passed. Oh Allah, forgive me. Astaghfiruka wa atubu ilayk. I seek your forgiveness and I turn to you in repentance. So the istighfar will be for what has happened, for the past. And the tawbah will be for the future. I turn to you in repentance to protect me from falling into that sin again. But when they are mentioned by itself, then it has both meanings. So no one forgives the sins except for you.
שזה דועה. For Allah Azawajal is the one who forgives the sins. The scholars, they say, if all of the people were to come together to forgive you for one sin that you committed, they will not be able to forgive you for that sin. It is only Allah who can forgive you for the sin. The next part of the dua that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam taught فَغْفِرْ لِي مَغْفِرَةً مِنْ عِنْدِكَ Forgive me with the forgiveness From you Forgive me With the forgiveness from you So after saying that No one forgives the sins except for you So forgive me now for With the forgiveness that comes from you Why? Because no one forgives the sins except for you So Here the servant or the slave is connecting the forgiveness to Allah Azawajal acknowledging that the forgiveness comes from Allah so now the person is asking for that forgiveness from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala if Allah wants to forgive someone No one can stop that forgiveness from coming from Allah. And if Allah Allah does not want to forgive someone, no one can force Allah to forgive that person. No one can force Allah to forgive anyone. Here it is. The Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam asked the permission of Allah to seek forgiveness for his mother. Allah forbade. Allah did not allow the Prophet to seek forgiveness for his mother because Allah is not going to forgive the mother of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Why? Because she died upon shirk. Yes, she died as a uh, polytheist. She wasn't a Muslim. And likewise, the uncle of the Prophet Allah allowed for the Prophet to intercede for his uncle, but that's only to lighten the punishment. The uncle still will not come out of the hellfire. He's going to be punished forever in the hellfire. Allah doesn't. He's not going to forgive Abu Talib. He accepted, he will accept the dua of the Prophet to lighten his punishment, but he will not forgive Abu Talib. Abu Talib will be punished in the hellfire forever. No one can force Allah to forgive someone. 
if Allah does not want to forgive. And when Allah does forgive, no one can force Allah to punish the person who Allah forgives. Look at the man who killed 99 people. And then he left and he was headed towards the land of good. And then the angels, when he, and he died on his way. And then the angels of mercy came and the angels of punishment came and they were disputing over the soul. And then Allah sent a third, uh, an angel saying to measure the distance. Whichever land he's closest to, then those are the angels who take him. If he's closer to the land he was heading to, the land of good, then the, the angels of mercy take him. If he's closer to the land where he came from, where he did all the murders, then the angels of punishment take him. And one narration mentions that Allah made the land go close to him, that he was heading towards. Allah wanted to forgive him, so he forgave him. Even though he killed 100 people. It was 99 and then he killed the monk, making it 100. She was not a. Yeah, but there still were people of Tawheed there. There were people who did not worship the idols and they used to tell them that they are wrong for worshiping idols. So right now, Prophet Muhammad is not alive, but the message is still here. So, in order for the proof to be established upon the people, the messenger himself doesn't have to be present or alive. As long as the message reaches the person. So in that region, the, the religion was the religion of Ibrahim and Ismail. Hanifiyah, monotheism. So at the time, there still were people who did not worship idols. They were monotheists. They were from the Hunafa. So those, the presence of those people was the proof against the people. No. The same as the father. Yes, the father. No, they received the message from the people who was following the way of the Prophet Ibrahim alayhi salam. No. No. So we come to the last portion of the narration. Where the Prophet Sallallahu taught Abu Bakr to say, Warhamni innaka antal ghafuru rahim. And have mercy upon me. Indeed, you are the all forgiven and the most merciful. So here, Barakallah Fikum, after asking for forgiveness, for one's sins, the sin that have taken place, the Prophet ﷺ taught that the person is to ask for the mercy of Allah now.
along with the forgiveness. And Allah's mercy upon a person after forgiving them is giving the individual the success to remain upon uprightness. Giving the individual the success to be upon goodness. Because some people, when they commit a sin and they make tawbah, they remain the same. Some people, when they commit a sin and make tawbah, they become better. But some people, when they commit a sin and make tawbah, they never get back to where they were prior to committing the sin. Even though they made tawbah, but the damage of the sin was so much, they never get back to where they were. Even though the sin is forgiven, but the, the, their person's faith is damaged, is, harm, is hurt, was harmed. So, from the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala upon the servant, after forgiving them, is giving them the success to remain upon goodness. Giving them the success to even be better than, they, than what they were prior to the sin. And the dua ends with إِنَّكَ أَنْتَ الْغَفُورُ rahim Indeed you are Al-Ghafur Al-Rahim These are two names from the names of Allah which have a connection to the wordings of the dua because we're asking for forgiveness for the maghfirah and Allah is Al-Ghafur the one who forgives often. And we're asking for the, the Rahmah, and Allah is Ar-Rahim, the bestower of mercy. So this teaches us, Barakallah Fikum, when making dua, it is befitting that we call upon Allah by the beautiful names. Especially a name that is Connected or has a relation to the dua that we are making. So if a person is asking for mercy, it's befitting to call upon Allah, Ya Rahman, Ya Rahim. Person is asking for forgiveness, Ya, Ya Al-Ghafur. Like that. A person is asking for risk, provision. Ya Razak. Like that. And in this way, your dua has a better chance of being answered. Your dua has a better chance of being answered. What about you are looking for position? Say that again. Like you are looking for a position. Allah Azza wa is the one who gives. And Allah Azza wa Jal is the one who raises. We can call upon Allah by His names as well as His attributes. That's another one. A person he's seeking, you know, uh, ghina, meaning 
to be self-sufficient, he calls upon Allah, Oh Allah, you are al-ghani. Make me ghani in the dunya as well as in the hereafter. Make me to be one who doesn't have to depend upon people and I only depend upon you. إِنَّكَ الْغَنِي الرَّزَّاقِ Like that. For sure, these type of, again, when it comes to making the du'as, the best du'as to make are the ones that are found in the Qur'an. And the ones that are found in the sunnah. These are the best du'as to make. Because these du'as are du'as that were made by prophets. Du'as that were made by the righteous of the past. And Allah, He accepted and answered those du'as. So we know it works. That's these like basically a sure shot. We know it works because Allah is mentioning that so and so he he called upon us by this du'a, and we answered him. This is from the teachings of the Prophet sallallahu So the best du'as for a person to make are those du'as that we find in the text, in the Quran as well as in the Sunnah. Inshallah Ta'ala will stop at this point. Whatever is correct, the praise is for Allah Azza wa Jal alone. Whatever is incorrect, it is for myself. Subhanaka Allahumma bihamdik. Ashadu an la ilaha ila ant. Astaghfiruka wa atubi ilayk.